Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Big Rant. This is the part of the show where we go off on a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. Um, this week we're going to be talking about some stuff involving life, uh, something that we all have to live with. <laughs> you see what I did there? Uh, I didn't like what you did there. But yeah, okay. well, you rarely like much of what I do when it comes to my jokes on this podcast, so that's not really surprising. Um, anyways, we had shared a couple of articles back and forth earlier this week about uh, a couple of different things. So I had sent you, I think it was a podcast recording like 30 minutes on is the middle class dead for millennials and Gen Z? Um, you then later in the week sent back another article. This was from WRAL, I think, there in Raleigh, talking about that the an average family of four in the prestigious Wake County uh, needs to make at least 81000 I think it was 81500 yeah. uh, per year in order to maintain a standard of living, right? To, to mm-hmm. Basically to make ends meet. I think that essentially means a uh, paycheck-to-paycheck living, right? Like yeah, not keep, even... your head, keep your head above water. But the, 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 uh, the caveat is with two children. Yeah. Which, which is kind of, um, it ties into the other thing, is the middle class set for millennials and Gen Z. Uh, I've seen a, a number of articles where those two uh, demographics aren't having children. Well, you you want to ask why? Because <laughs> they can't afford it, right? Right. Uh, so um, I think they're both two inter- like both of the topics tie into each other, and we've kind of touched on 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 them like throughout the years now. Um, Pardon me. Now, in this year in Wake County, where I currently live, and the webs uh, WRL provides a link to um, uh, some study that was done by the state that actually breaks down county per county. Um, the average income in this the nation is, I believe, it's fifty six thousand dollars. Right. That sounds about right. Um, which seems kind of low. Um, and weird because what I'm going to say next is going to like, like, yeah. I, I don't know how that happens. And I, it makes me think that the distribution of, uh, of quote unquote white collar jobs throughout the country is very, very, very off and wonky. Yeah. Um, I think you're absolutely right on that. I mean, I think what you've seen is a, a bit of a, um, uh, congregation of or maybe congregation is not the right word but there's been a concentration that's the word that i was looking for of these white collar opportunities on the coasts you know like and in north carolina we are on the coast here i mean virginia north carolina even you know south carolina um but it seems like for the most part the middle of the country is kind of being abandoned by a lot of these places these these and i don't know maybe it's because people want to live close to the water people don't want to live out in oklahoma maybe it's because of all of the ridiculous like restrictive legislation that's getting passed out there i don't know i mean honestly like um but i do think you're absolutely right that this is this speaks to something else going on when you're saying that the average you know median income in the country is fifty one thousand, 
and it, the average cost of living in North Carolina and Wake County is 81000 um, One of the things I thought was interesting but not super surprising is that Orange County, which is right next door, was actually about $3,000 higher uh, right. in the, the average cost of living, essentially, there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so when you think back to the, the conversations that we're having as a country regarding um, uh, student debt and, and all these other you know, like problems, you know, fiscally financial problems that people are having, it doesn't really give a clear picture, but it, it does indicate a lot of warnings. Um, so imagine, well, if the study's based on a two-parent household with two children, making eighty one thousand dollars there's no housing (laughs) like there's literally i don't know actually you probably you could probably buy a four twenty five to five hundred thousand dollar home at that salary range but if you're kicking out like almost a thousand dollars a month in child care like things get pretty slim so you're probably sitting around what six six k a month pre uh gross yeah. Um, it's really bad. <laughs> it's kind of really... <laughs> like, well, and that's, that's the thing I'm that just, I was sitting here looking at is it's like... I, I'm doing all this math in my head. I'm like, that doesn't add up. Yeah, like nothing makes sense. Yeah, because like you can gross more than that, but if you're not like taking home that much at the end of the year, like how you're are screwed. you affording that? And... Even with two kids and the additional, like, you know, tax credits and stuff like that that you can get, it's not making up that much of a difference. Like, that's not going to make it so that you're feeling very comfortable or even, like, semi-comfortable filling your car with gas every month, buying groceries, like, paying for childcare and those sorts of things. Like, I, I just, the math doesn't add up on all of that. I just experienced inflation yesterday. Like literally noticed it. Like that when I say that I mean I, think I literally you've been bloating. noticed. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so I I was at the grocer and I bought some crushed tomatoes, right? Yeah. And I noticed it was twenty cents more again. <laughs> like I, I've been putting gas in my car. And then I actually left the grocery and went to go get gas. I put like $97.52 in, in my car, right? But that didn't shock me. What shocked me was that the tomatoes are 20 cents more a can. Yeah. Like, gas is, you got to get gas. Like, you just have to. I've got four options for, you know, crushed tomatoes. <laughs> the... But I also have two brands I'm probably going to buy, and you know, two I'm just probably like, now nah, I'm good. Um, but to notice that there is an arbitrary twenty cents, you know, twenty cent increase in the cost was shocking to me. Um, so, and my wife and I, we do okay, you know, and you know, we're probably above the eighty-one k, and it's just a matter of like, wow, that sucks. And we, our kids are adults, yeah. Um, so I can't imagine what it would what it what it would be like for a, a millennial or somebody that's considered Gen Z. Um, well, I'm just saying, I mean, I'm a millennial. Like, But you're, you're not 
dying. No, I'm not. <laughs> not that I know of. I haven't been to the doctor in a hot minute, but no. Um, no, like I'm doing okay. Yeah, like I mean, we've talked about you this. You see like, my point there. Yes, yeah. I do. And, you know, I have one kid. I'm about to have a second. So I am kind of like fitting the profile or will be fitting the profile. Obviously, I don't live in Wake County anymore um, since I'm down at the beach. But, you know, the cost of living here I don't think is – that much different probably than what it is up there. I think it is. I think it was. Well, keep maybe keep talking. Let me fact yeah. check myself. Um, but it is one of those things where, I mean, yeah, like I've noticed my, I guess like I didn't notice, I haven't noticed specific prices going up, you know, 20 cents for a can of tomatoes or something like that. But I guess because I don't buy that many canned tomatoes anymore. Yeah, and I probably I was doing a shortcut. What county do you live in? Buncombe, right? No, New Hanover. New Hanover. Um, so yeah, I think, but I have noticed that my trips to the grocery store seem to be getting more expensive, even when I'm buying generally the same things, and that I am. I mean, I've definitely been looking more carefully lately at like prices of items like instead of buying the family size box of cinnamon toast crunch i buy the bag that doesn't have a box with it you know right like but we're also it's weird because you know we do a lot of specialty shopping there's the title creek co-op that's here in wilmington that we shop at for some of our certain items that it's hard to find elsewhere one of the nice things that they do there is they do you know bulk they have a lot of bulk bins that you can buy directly out of it's kind of like uh was it uh not earth fair what was the other one that had a bunch of stuff like that it's not whole foods god i am completely maybe it was was it wegmans no why am i give me a county that's close to new hanover because it's like they did a half-ass job of this (laughs) i don't even know my counties all that well down here um so New Brunswick Bunford or Brunswick County? Brunswick, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's there not too far. Yeah. But yeah, I do think it's interesting, just to keep talking while you're looking that up, that people are so focused on the price of gas, right? And they're like, oh, gas goes up, inflation. That's all inflation right there. And it's like, no, that's greed. That is, <laughs> that is people being greedy. It reminds me of the story that we, we talked about in was it South Dakota where yeah. all of the gas stations got together to sue the other gas station because they were selling gas for too cheap. Like, how is that not collusion and price fixing? If all oh, the other gas stations get together and are like, we don't like that you're selling gas for less than us. We're going to sue you for selling gas I, for too cheap. Like, I think you – are you close to – Yancey, Terrell, Richmond, Ash, Allegheny. Those all sound like eastern counties. So I think because this data is garbage. Uh, The way they present it is garbage. So it's probably around $57,000 to $60,000. Wow. That's considerable. That's almost 20K. I mean, that is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot less than I would have expected personally. Um I mean, I feel like my cost of living is higher than that, but that could just be me specifically, you know? Right. Um, Maybe I live a very fancy lifestyle. I drink my Corona lights with my PDF. (laughs) Mm. But that's, I mean, and it's not to, uh, 
it's a it's indicative of a bigger problem, right? So, like, I think I really believe that inflation is arbitrary because number one, you have unemployment that's like low, super low, right? There's countries that have unemployment levels of like I think France just finally got to seven percent. That's the lowest in ten years, right? Yeah. If it was seven percent unemployment in the states, we'd lose our crap. I'm surprised um, France hasn't just surrendered to unemployment. <laughs> Your cheese eating surrender monkeys. <laughs> um. <laughs> So you're talking 20k for the uh, the difference of 20k from the central Piedmont part of the state to the eastern part of the state. Uh, Mecklenburg and Asheville are probably or wherever whatever county Asheville's in. Um, I think it's Buncombe. It might be Buncombe. Yeah. Um, that's they're probably in the 60s, 70s again. But that's a big swing. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. So how do you start a family? How do you, how do you, uh, we've talked about this a, a number of times where I've been saying, dude, the middle class has been strangled for like the last 15 years well, and, and nobody's paying attention to it. We've talked about the fact that it's like the middle class is kind of disappearing, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think that's part of what that podcast alluded to is that it's, it's not only that it's, it's dead, but it's like it, they've, we've there's been such a focus on protecting the middle class. You know, we have to lower taxes for the middle class. The middle class is what made America in the fifties and sixties. And it's like, yeah, that and a bunch of wars, like, (laughs) you know, like we built a war machine and we wanted to feed it. And that, you know, we had manufacturing jobs. That was what fueled a lot of the middle class at that time. It started a lot of it. Right. But there are two separate things there. Right. So you look at what, like global industries done it's not that the wars um were what built the middle class it's just where technology was on the planet so if it was in manufacturing sure okay now the the benefactors of like a war may have like you know drove some of that but it didn't drive all of it because like our industries and our technology was about literally manual manufacturing yeah it wasn't as automated as it is today. That's why I get so you know uh, concerned when we talk about saving manufacturing jobs. Which manufacturing sure, jobs are we you... saving? The ones that are already yeah. gone and dead? Like, how are you going to save want... something that's dead? What are you, a necromancer? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> like, why why aren't we looking for the the, the next thing, right? Why aren't we trying to? Um, and, and it's not a te- technological race. It's a matter of finding things that are sustainable that make sense. Because I mean, look some, at what India did, right? Like, and I'm not, I'm not like India is not a perfect example, but yeah, they're not. One of the things that they did is they weren't, they weren't like we have to save many, you know, we have to build a huge manufacturing hub here in India, or we have to start, you know, making computer chips. They were like, nah, give us all of your customer service stuff. We got billions of people. We can put them on phones all day. That's cool. And I'm not saying it was like the best solution, but it's like they found a niche and kind of were like, hey, we can do this, right? Um, now, granted, that pissed off a lot of people in the United States for other reasons than not because they were taking our jobs, but because now you had to talk to somebody who didn't speak perfect English when you had to call Microsoft support. Um, right. Or really any support. But I mean, well, to be fair, like even those jobs are like, uh, those jobs are migrating somewhere else. I was yeah. actually talking to my wife the other day about the fact that I've watched 
the migration patterns and carry where people that first come to this country and what have you, where they live. At one point, they live in East Cary. Then they make more money. They move to West Cary. Then once they've made enough money, they move out of Cary and they go to like Holly Springs or Fuquay and they buy a home because now they can afford to buy a home. So those because jobs. that's where they have to go to afford to buy a home. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> Not at all the time, but I mean, I had friends that did that, you know, who were renting in Cary. And then when it came time for them to start a family, they looked around and were like, well, we'd really love to live in Cary, but we can't afford it. There's literally nowhere that we would feel comfortable living that provides us with the things that we want from a house at an affordable rate. So we're moving out to Chatham County to, right. um, you know, to Holly Springs to Fuquay Verena. And it's like, all right, well, it was nice knowing you cause you're 45 minutes away now. So I guess we don't <laughs> get to hang out anymore, which I mean, it is what it is. Like we all move and you know, life changes and stuff, but I think you're absolutely right. It's this idea that we can somehow go back to the way that things were in this country with manufacturing is such a misnomer. It's such a, a dead end right? that I don't understand why more people haven't caught on to that. You know, I guess it's because they just want to believe that, you know, like coal mining is going to become a big thing again. You know, like, well, I mean, what is West Virginia it, doing? Right. Like, they basically seems like Joe Manchin and those guys are just sitting there being like, well, someday everybody's going to need some more coal and they'll have to come to good old West Virginia for it. Well, that's a that's a short-sighted view on that. I, I don't think that's the right argument. I think the the obvious challenge that um, American society has is identifying the problem, right? Uh, because we we kind of briefly talked about this, and I talked to uh, to one of my sons about this. It, it's the I blame Apple and and Android. Do it. Sorry, go ahead. It's like. <laughs> We have this, like, the, the argument of fragmentation, which is, like, one of the, the biggest arguments against, you know, Android development. Mm -hmm. And you have the walled garden of iOS. Yeah. Right? Within both philosophies, they're not wrong. So, Android development says, no, we, we understand that people can't afford to buy these higher-end devices or or whatever for They can't like, spend $1,000 every, every two years. Yeah, it just it's not feasible. Where iOS says, okay, we'll carry you for a couple years, and that may, that, or a, let's say three to five years, but eventually you can't upgrade anymore. Like you're going to start to see degradation yeah. in your operating system. Not only that, but your battery life is going to take a dump. We're going right. to cut your service and data access so that you get really frustrated all the time. Oh, and Apple CarPlay, that's just like not going to work sometimes because <laughs> your device is a little bit older than your wife's. <laughs> So, so yes, as, as you experience these <laughs> these woes, <laughs> but that's that's kind of where we're at as like we're, we as a society, globally or domestically, we choose to resist change for the longest time possible until the the pressure points start to become unbearable, and then you buy a new phone. <laughs> like you're like, I'm just gonna have to buy a new phone. Yeah. That's where we are with our economy. That's that's what you know. We, we, we see that all the time. We need to buy the economy a new phone. We are. I mean, that's where we are. It's not working. 
And the resistors to the change are going to be the ones that hurt the economy. They're going to be the, and I mean the real economy. I'm not talking this Wall Street crap. I'm talking like, you know, how do we get the next generation of whatever that next field is that carries us into the next century? I don't know at this rate. It's just confusing. Um, And I feel, I I don't feel bad for millennials or, or Gen Z because they want, what they shouldn't have right now a lot of times there's an element of that yeah like i as speaking as a millennial you know um i was very fortunate in that i became a homeowner very young and i was 19 years old when i bought my first house with the help of my parents they co-signed on the mortgage so that it basically leveraged their credit so that i could get a house um I had enough, I was in an area near NC State where I knew that there was enough demand for renting that I could rent out the other rooms in there that essentially paid off the mortgage and a good chunk of the other rest of the bills. Um, So it was an affordable housing situation for me. And I also got to build over 18 years a good amount of equity in that home. Um, Right. That's not what everybody has. But I tell that story not to be like, look at me, I'm super, (laughs) check out my privilege. I remember specifically there was a time where my dad said something to me about the tools that I was requesting or like saying I needed. He's like, do you have any idea how long it took me to build up the cachet of tools that you see in my garage? I didn't like roll out the door at 18 and drop all this money. I've got a bandsaw. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like acquire all this stuff. He's like, it took me decades to get this and i took really good care of the stuff that i bought early on or that was handed down to me and i still have a lot of that he does like he's still got a lot of his dad's stuff um you know sockets wrenches and hammers like i mean stuff that shouldn't really be around anymore that should have broken years ago but he's taken amazingly good care of it no it was built to last but i don't know i bought a hammer once that broke right away and i was very disappointed it's a piece of crap probably made in china (laughs) <laughs> sorry <laughs> but do you see my point right yes, like we, we I do. have we ha- we have this this uh this misconception that these things should be they should be and they can be acquired now and that's not really necessarily the case um i think of the uh we, we do have a housing problem we, ha- we definitely have a affordable housing problem but we don't have a housing crisis of like you know affordability of homes for the love of God and everything holy, everybody doesn't need or shouldn't own a home. But what do you think? Because it seems like not only do people are people struggling to find housing that they can purchase that's affordable, but now it's also becoming difficult for them to be able to afford the rents in a lot of areas. That's because the two go hand in hand. Okay. Right? Because we keep dropping the supply to like... Oh, it's you know, I mean staggering levels right now. Yeah, it's it's the lowest that it's been in decades, from my understanding, and part it's of not it is decades. No, it's that's BS. Okay. That's not even true. Um, Correct me in public. I welcome it. Unlike well, some because it's the demand is is it's artificial. Okay. So the supply is not really that low. The supply is probably normalizing. Why do you say um, the demand is artificial? Because we keep talking about interest rates. Every time I look at uh, the financials, it's about interest rates. Well, these the interest rates you're talking about, 
It's like, uh, I wish we had like a clip of, uh, these are not the droids you're looking for. These are not the interest rates we're looking for, right? Um, That's an artificial demand. It's the FOMO, like we're, we're, we're creating artificial demand by like, you know. By keeping interest rates low. By, yeah. So low interest rates spur people to buy housing when they shouldn't buy housing. Yeah. Okay. And the minute you move it up a percentage or you move it up one point or half a point or Two whatever, where, yep, wherever you move it up, people start freaking out and they start like, they buy what they can't afford. They couldn't afford it six months ago, so why can they afford it now? Yeah. I mean, I guess because in their mind, I'm not saying they're right, but in my, their mind, they need it, right? And they're sure they're worried that if they don't buy now, then the interest rates will continue to go up and that the housing situation won't get any better and they'll end up having missed out on their opportunity. It's FOMO. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the end of the story. A bit of advice I heard a long time ago um, from somebody that's you know financially well off. He said, one thing that you should understand about money, next year, I guarantee you, if you keep doing what you're doing this year, you'll make more money next year. Now, he didn't say that you're going to make 30 40% more yeah. next year. He said, you will make more money next year. That is true, right? So, if all things are relative financially, even interest rates are relative financially, mm-hmm. So even if interest rates go, and I, I personally believe you should never pay more than above 7% on a mortgage. That's right. just ridiculous. Yeah. So if it's below 7%, eh, you'll be okay. You're going to probably pay a little bit more, but you should probably put a little bit more down. And well, it's not only that, but like with the average lifetime of a mortgage is what, five, six years at that? And that is another part of the problem. It should be 15. People should stop buying homes to stay in them for five to seven years. That is stupid. Well, it's not even necessarily staying in them, but that they refinance. Even that's a not even the, and I'm not a financial planner. I just think it's a terrible strategy, right? If an, a home is in its ha- real estate in general is always going to be your best, most stable investment you can always make. Why would you like increase your liability to refinance to save what a thousand dollars? Like, that's terrible math, <laughs> right? Especially when most of the refinances that you do have costs baked into them. Closing costs. Yeah. Yeah. That you end up paying, which are it's, more than what you're going to end up losing, like, saving. Yeah. yeah, quote, unquote, saving, right? I just think it's 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 a lot of, um, it, it's just the wrong focus. Like, you shouldn't buy a house for a seven-year stint or even a 10-year stint. You should be thinking of that house as, oh, can I stay here or own the house for 15 years, right? Because typically, and just by math I've done, you're going to have equity by year 11. The equity that you use in year 11, if you're smart and and you've lowered your expenses, you can use to buy your second house. I didn't say sell your first one. I said, but you can use the equity in your first house to buy your second house. That's generally how people make money in real estate. They're holding on to one or two assets to use that equity over the long term to do something else with it. Right. They're not selling to, they're not flipping everything that they buy into something else. And another uh, word for flipping is upgrading. We need to get a bigger house. 
why? <laughs> like, that means you bought the wrong house the first time. Like, you weren't looking down the tunnel, right? Uh, do you buy a stock for, like, three years? No, you don't. You buy a stock for long term. Yeah, like 10 days. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I don't think that... I do believe the... Back to our original our original two topics. Yeah. One, I do think that it's getting expensive to live places. A lot of that is, it's you know, it's manufactured by our behaviors. We can, we, I, th I believe as a society, we can control inflation. Do you think that part of it stems from a lack of financial literacy and financial education in general? That people just yeah, don't so, yeah. understand these financial principles even at a base level? And so they are instead of like having a general understanding of i shouldn't be looking to you know buy a house and refinance it six times in the next six years that <laughs> i should find something that i can afford that i can that is you know whatever and hold on to it for 15 years to build the equity in it um it just seems like And it's not, this isn't to like blame the public education system, but it seems like people are more prone to buy into the hype of what's being sold to them, either through commercials or news media or whatever it is. I mean, you see all the time on the news right now, housing crisis, housing crisis, housing crisis. One of the biggest issues, the lack of homes for sale, 20% fewer compared to a year ago. A look at how a city that's booming with growth can quickly become one of the least affordable cities in America. We are not talking about New York or San Francisco, but Reno, Nevada. Can't build new homes fast enough to ease the housing crunch in the Triangle area. They are hard at work, but one factor compounding the issue is a shortage of construction workers. They made five offers at or over asking price. All of them have been lost to cash buyers who are offering at least 15 to 20 thousand over asking the new laws to allow more construction face strong opposition from cities and counties that stand to lose power over local zoning and what does that do that creates panic which then actually starts to create housing problems right <laughs> like, right <laughs> on both sides where you have less inventory because people are creating this demand but at the same time they're purchasing things that they can't ultimately afford and so therefore now they're figuring out well how am i going to put gas in my car how am i going to pay for my groceries how am i going to pay for my kids to go to child care like i i don't disagree like i um i I don't. I, I wouldn't blame the the school systems for that. I think that it's. Um, hmm. I mean, I because I'm with you. Like, I don't. I don't want to point the finger at the school systems because I don't think that that's like. But, but I look back on all of the time that I spent, like in college, you know, or like even in high school. They didn't. They never once were like, in accounting. Here's how to balance a checkbook for either you or your organization that you're running, right? Right. It was, here's how you do fake math to make your numbers seem better. Like, <laughs> I, I'll say this. Uh, one thing I observed uh, earlier in life was that the reason people that are rich are rich and people that are poor are poor is because poor people are lazy. And I, it's not a, like, you don't go to work lazy. It's like the... I'm not willing to go and find out how this actually works, right? Uh, type of lazy. You, you feel because on the surface, 
you have stuff and people can see your stuff, you're doing okay. But you know inside, deep inside, deep down inside, things aren't good. The, the people I've met in my life that are well off, they're smart and they're, they're driven to not to game the system, but to understand how, how it works. And you'd be surprised at the types of things they do, whether it's people that, you know, that make millions of dollars a year, but they drive a pickup truck. Like not well, it's not. A, it's a Denali, but it's it's still it's not a like Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, their daily driver is sure it's a seventy eighty thousand dollar truck, but it's not a two hundred thousand dollar car. Right. Right. Um, you, you'll notice if you drive through upper class neighborhoods, you'll see one nice car and another daily driver driver like a Camry. Yeah. Why is that? Or a minivan. <laughs> or a minivan, right? <laughs> But you'll, but the minivan or the da- or whatever their daily driver is, yeah. it's typically used. Yeah, it's not like a brand new fill in the blank. It's typically used, and they're okay with that. Um, I feel like you're calling me you know, out right now. Just to be clear, no, I'm why? Very personally attacked by all of these things. That, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I, I've I've come to that, and that's a that's an Andreism. The reason why rich people are rich and poor people not poor, like, but yeah. People that don't make the money they think or they believe they should make, it's because they're lazy. Not that you don't have the ability to work or that you don't go to work. It's because you're not willing to investigate how it works. And school's not going to teach you that. That's got to be a you thing. So where do you go to learn that stuff? You ask questions, right? Um, like if you're an employee, you have an employer, Right. If it's a good employer, you can ask some questions. Hey, how did you get to where you are? I mean, you'd be surprised at how many people that have attained this uh, societal level of success are willing to tell you that stuff if you just ask them. I mean, though, that's how you learn these things. Because I didn't learn these things because my parents were well off. I learned them because I was willing and okay with asking questions. Like, hey, how'd you get to this point? Most people I know that are wealthy, you know where they all started out with? Real estate. Yeah. You know what they didn't do with their real estate? Sell it. They didn't have this flipping mentality. <laughs> <laughs> they did not sell it. And that is hard for people to do. Well, It's, and I- it's just... But what's funny is if you really stop and think about it, what do you hear all the time on the radio, right? Ads for real estate courses where we're going to teach you how to flip homes. If somebody's willing to teach you how to do something, but they're going to charge you for it, chances are it's not going to make you money. It's just going to make them more money. It's kind of yeah. like Bitcoin, right? Or all the cryptocurrency <laughs> stuff. I, I know that's not like the subject of our... conversation tonight but it i i keep seeing some levels of similarity where people see other people making money in cryptocurrencies right like and they think i need to get into cryptocurrencies but they don't take the time to understand what it is how it works how those people made money they just see that they made money and think all right you know like this guy made money in real estate i need to get into real estate i'm gonna go buy that house you know, I'm going to buy a piece of commercial pre- property. Like, that's what I need. I need real estate. The more real estate I have, the more money. No, actually, real estate costs you money. Like, over yeah. the long haul, you build equity, which then you can 
take out of those. You leverage. Yeah, leverage to get the things that you need. Um, I don't know. It's really interesting. It is. Because I, I do think, like, at times that I am not – I struggle, I think, asking questions like that. You know, like, how did you how did you get to where you are? How did you attain what you have? Um, you know, like, what kind of advice would you give for somebody in my position who would like to do better? You know, I think a lot of the times, for me personally, it's like I – I don't know. I feel like that is inappropriate. <laughs> I don't know why. You know, but it's just like, I, I'm not saying that it is, but I, I feel like that's not a question you're supposed to ask. It's like, you know, what are the three things you don't talk about? Religion, politics, and money. And why? Yeah, though, and I'm, right? I'm totally okay with that. I, I know about you all are. three of those. I know you are. <laughs> yeah. and, like, and, I, and what's funny is that I'm okay talking about those things like here on the podcast, but when it comes to my other like <laughs> friends and relationships and stuff like that, like, I, I don't know, you know, I struggle a little bit. And I think there's also this this belief to some degree amongst a lot of millennials and maybe Gen Zers too that a lot of people who have what they want just worked really hard for a really long time. And not like mm. worked hard in the way that you're describing where it's like we un- they understood what they were doing, how the system worked and and how it would work for them. But that they just like got a job, they held that job for 40 years and that, you know, they got a pension and that's how they made all their money. And then it's this generational wealth thing that then transfers to other people. And so then it becomes this unattainable goal, right? It almost makes it an excuse for you to be able to not do those things or to achieve those things because, well, my family wasn't rich and I didn't, you know, inherit anything. And if I did, I'd be just as successful as that person over there. And it's like... I mean, you look at people all the time who have inheritances that start Blow state it. companies that fail or, you know, t- truth social that goes down the drain. The, the, like, key, the key word is generational, right? So generational has to start at somewhere yeah. and it could end somewhere also. Yeah. Um, and it's also a, a little bit of temperance and patience, right? Uh, Which I think inherently a lot of millennials and Gen Zers lack. I think there there is a bit of that on-demand expectation that we have developed, you know? And I think – I don't know exactly where it came from, if it's just like a product of kind of being born in the 80s and 90s and at a time when it seemed like – you know, I mean like the dot-com bubble, you know, where people were just like, well, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get rich, and then I'm going to get out and leave everybody else for broke. And if, if – you know, the, the also the idea that it's like a zero-sum game, that if I'm right. getting money, that means somebody else isn't, or if somebody else is getting money, that means that that's money I'm not getting. Well, it's it's like a, there was a time I used to look at, I used to look at a stock ticker, like, religiously every day, and then one day I just got depressed. I'm like, I should stop looking at this because, like, it's the long game, right? Yeah. And then years later, I realized that, oh, the stock market isn't how individuals build wealth. It's, it's how, how corporations build, build wealth. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I started reading in between the lines. I'm like, this is, this is terrible math, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't chase jobs for money because money's fleeting. Uh, in the last two years, I realized, oh, I can, I can make a lot more money if I lower my expenses, which is really like nobody tells you that. You right. have to either A, have somebody tell you that or B, figure it out yourself. 
Uh, and it's not very hard to, to figure out. Lower your expenses. What do you mean? Like, stop buying stuff that, like, you can buy the things you want, but just don't buy them in abundance, right? right? Uh, so I look at that as how I, I consume media. I like watching the news. I like watching CNBC, but I don't have cable. I have Sling, right? So I'm saving, let's say, 70 bucks a month. So that's 70 bucks. Well, it's really only 29.99 if you also get the mobile plan with Spectrum and have the internet. And then after six months, it'll go up to like $130 a month. So, But you see my point, yes, right? I do. So what do I do with the $70 I'm not spending, right? Well, I put that somewhere else. I, I use it to pay down debt. And it's lowering my expenses is for the benefit of the long term. Um, and that's how I look at it. I don't look at it as the, what can I do in 12 months or, or 18 months? It's like, no, what, how does this play out over like five years? A lot of people don't, they don't think that way. A ha- buying a house, it's not about, you have to do the math and figure out uh, where do you start to, you know, if you're getting six to 8% appreciation, depending on where you live, mm-hmm. what does that look like over 10 years? And by year 11, how much equity have you like acquired to do other things? And then the, the hard part is not selling. Yeah. That's the hard part for me. It's like, dude, I could totally like walk away with like a nice stack of change. But then I start back at square zero. Okay. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to show the patience and temperance to like hold it out for the long haul. So the next move Bills to something else. So that's the generational wealth. Not the crap like NFTs and Bitcoin and all that. That's somebody's going to make money. It's probably not going to be me. Yeah. And Bitcoin just fell like, like I think Crunchbase fell 22% yeah. over the last couple of days. Yeah. Cryptocurrencies um, took a big hit. Yeah. Shocking. I mean, I mean, who saw that coming? Oh, wait. <laughs> These two guys. We did. That's right. And I'm not trying to crap on it. No. There are going to be people that make money, but the odds are it's not going to be you. Yeah. Um, and guess what? Now is not the time to buy cryptocurrency. Just just yeah. to be perfectly clear. Like, just because it dropped, don't don't fall for it. Like, this isn't... It's not... Yeah. I mean, a, it's the same thing with the stock market. I mean, the, like, cryptocurrency is a, is, is a lot of ways the same as the stock market in that... You don't get in it with the most people shouldn't be getting into it with the hopes of getting rich quickly, right? Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that cryptocurrency even like is remotely as stable as the stock market overall, but it's like it's like buying into a single stock, you know, as opposed to investing in a mutual fund that potentially could. Yeah. Exactly. And I would even like I I'm not anti stock market because it, it's a good barometer of how like the general economy is going. The general. Right. Uh, gives you insights on what our trade is looking like as a country, what our GDP is looking like as a state and what companies are being successful and are likely to do other things. Right. Right. Like Ford doing it, well. So they acquire Rivian. Rivian starts to tank. Ford doesn't like it. So they sell off Rivian. <laughs> like, Yeah. So it's a great barometer. It's like literally putting your finger on the wind saying, oh, the wind's blowing this way. I do believe that the longer, more stable game is probably real estate, just like it used to be bonds back like you know, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, the harder part is the barrier to entry. 
right? So how do you get into these these like the stable investments like real estate? You you don't buy a house, you buy a condo. <laughs> like super but you easy. You also got to do your research, right? Like yeah. you can't just go buy the first condo that you come across. I mean, right. you know, there's especially down here at the beach, like there's several condo units that the people ended up having to fork over a ton of cash because the condo units weren't built correctly. The pilings that they were built on were starting to erode, a la what happened in Miami a couple of years ago or last year. And the companies came in and said, all right, it's going to cost, you know, these units, it's going to cost you an extra $15,000 this year in order for us to come in, close down the condo unit for a year and rebuild the foundation of this so everything doesn't fall apart. Right. You buy a condo in a high rent district where you can't afford to live right now. Like, and that sounds really stupid and, and, and bold, but if you can't live, afford to live in that neighborhood in a single family, you buy a condo or a townhome in that same neighborhood. And then you wait. <laughs> like, you just you sit there and you wait. Like, oh, you wait. You wait 10 years. By year 11, You've got enough equity to where you can make the next move. Like you, you should be looking at places like when I was a realtor, I would be like, so what do you like about this place? Oh, I like Cary. What do you like about it? I like uh, Preston Wood Golf Club. Okay. And you drive through Preston Wood Golf Club. And most people are like, I can't afford this. Why not? It's like $800,000. Yeah. That's like the start. Yeah. But you know what? You know what happens? like a quarter of a mile down the road. Morrisville. Really? Yes. Can I buy? Yes, you can buy something in Morrisville because it's not eight hundred thousand dollars. Insurance because they don't do shit for yeah. their roads. <laughs> <laughs> Every three months, you'll have to balance your tires and get an alignment. <laughs> get an alignment. <laughs> it's like leaving North say, Carolina for South Carolina on the highway. All or Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> but you hold it, yeah. right? You hold it for as long as you can. And then you buy your next thing. And it's not an upgrade. It's like, oh, it's playing chess. I think that's a lot of the reasons why. I, I know housing in Wake County, is, I want to say it's like 30% of uh, monthly income, which is kind of high. Yeah. Uh, so 81K after taxes is probably like 62000 easy. Um, yeah. And... That's not a lot of money to um, to throw around on everything else. With. Yeah. So you, you can't afford to like buy a house where you can't afford to live at. Yeah, you could buy a half a million dollar house. You, you, of course you can. But can you afford to live there? Oh, right. I mean, and that's where we were in 2008. Right. <laughs> you had people that were buying half a million dollar homes that could not afford to live there for more than like three months. Six months, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, it looks great. You have no curtains. Like what's, what is your problem? So that's, that's where I, I just kind of, you know, I hope that, you know, and for younger people, I, I will tell you as a guy that didn't grow up with like extra means everywhere. Like I, I had to work for everything. Pace yourself, take your time, take your time. Well, instead of plan, you know I mean? I, I think have a budget. Right. Stick to that budget and have a 10 and 15 year plan in terms of how that budget is going to get you to where you want to be. Yep. 
I, I, I'm a budget type of guy. I, I'm an, I, I'm a nerd. I get it. Um, I do live on a budget and people I've told you met me when I said this one time, I don't work here for money. Like yeah. that's like the least of my concerns yeah. because I really do believe, and it's, it's been true for a long time. Every year I'm going to make more money than I did last year. Yeah. And so that way I'm not stressed out about the whole money part. I have been working, you know, uh, diligently to lower my expenses. And I understand how much money my wife and I, my family needs to like to live. And I can go on vacations, you know, I'm not freaking out about gas or groceries. And it's the, the objective is to keep the lights on. And if we could get people to understand that, as opposed to trying to live in excess, the middle class doesn't die. We can control the, the the fate of our economy. Yeah, and it has absolutely nothing to do with what the federal government is doing with taxes either. Right. So this may sound silly, and maybe you have absolutely no interest in doing this, but maybe we need a segment that is dedicated to Andre teaching people how to how to be financially literate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I know that like be- you don't see yourself as like some sort of financial expert, but I think you know ultimately, based on this conversation that we've had, you probably have a lot more knowledge and experience in how to be successful in that regard than I do, or and most people that are probably listening to the podcast. And so, um, I don't know. Maybe that's something we can talk about later. But I think that yeah. might be something that could be worthwhile, <laughs> not just for us, but for I- other people too. You know. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. That'd be dope. I mean, I'm really passionate about it because I think that a lot of times that um, the the temptation to just spend and spend and spend and spend is is humongous. You have people on YouTube and TikTok and every, oh, you can make you can hustle and do, like no, you can't. You can't even afford that. Not <laughs> even that, but just about? like the stuff that gets advertised to you. You know, like the. Right. It used to be your impulse buy was when you went to the grocery store and it was like a magazine or some candy or gum, right? Maybe like a soda. It's like $4 at best, yeah. right? Now it's like, <laughs> hey, check out these shoes you don't need. And you're like, ooh, 130 bucks, man. Uh, those shoes are pretty cool, though. I'd look pretty cool walking around in those. You know, like, I mean, it's everywhere that you go in a lot of ways. And so, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it'd be a, I think that would be a dope thing to do. I think it'd be cool. So here's a funny thing that uh, I've been doing for the last two years now. I'm, I don't know if my wife is completely signed on to it. So, um, like, I, I don't pay any of my bills anymore. I think they're all electronically paid, yeah. whether it's through the company or drafted or I have it set up to my bank to get paid automatically. The one... Um, the one thing I couldn't pay, like like consistently like have it auto draft was my electric bill well and i say my electric bill but I actually in in my town i pay the uh the the city for water uh sewage electrical oh so you have city electric yeah that's interesting i've been hearing a lot of so much cheaper i've been hearing ads for city like funded electric um, service a lot lately down here and I don't know that it's something that they're offering here yet but it sounds really interesting I would, 
I would vote for it because I pay. Uh, so I have some friends that we're talking about electricity because they're thinking about getting solar panels. I pay even in the summertime. I think the max my electrical bill is like one twenty. Mm-hmm. There's is like four and some change just for electricity. I mean, my it, combined bill at a high month is like four thirteen. Yeah. So, and I think part of it's because we're close to Sharon Harris, and maybe Apex buys it from them at bulk. Or, I don't know. Well, it's and it's because be you have to spend like fifteen hundred dollars every six months on your air conditioning unit. <laughs> that, could <be> it too. <laughs> that could totally be it. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, Christ. I honestly like. I would personally benefit from something like that. You know, like I'm I'm doing okay, but I know that I could be doing better. And yeah. it's been something that I've been trying to focus on these last few months. And so I think it would be helpful. We'll get you a whiteboard behind you so you oh, yeah, can yeah. like draw on everything. And, you know, Jim Cramer it up. Um. <laughs> but but, I'll, but let me tell you the, the the hack I had with my bill. So that was the one bill I couldn't pay, or I had to like think about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I pay electronically, but I had to think about the amount every month. Gotcha. And I was like, you know what? Well, they won't let me like pay the average, but I can do this. So I looked, because <laughs> well, I'm a nerd. I looked at uh, my three high months and my two low months, and I figured out what the average would be. Yep. Right. And that's what I pay every month. Yeah. <laughs> but what happens every October? It was no, it was September this year. Was they're like you have a credit on your bill, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, and they're like, uh, so October, like, all right, this is not a bill. This is to tell you have a credit. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, the next and uh, you're getting so, money so back like, essentially in that regard because <laughs> yeah. you're not having to pay your bill for the month of October. Yeah. Oh, damn it. You did it again. How? You know, God. see, and but this is what he does, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't go out and buy himself a set of headphones that has a like plug-in cable. He only sticks with the headphones that he can unplug. I'm telling people that this is how you save your money: is that you don't buy headphones that can't unplug uh, as much as you would like to. That's like an impulse buy, and so no, I know yeah. that has nothing to do with it, but. <laughs> So, uh, so this Christmas, like uh, December, I got the electric bill and I literally didn't have to pay my electric bill in December or January. I was like, oh, I, I may, I save like whatever it was. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to like use that money to like, pay, you know, buy Christmas presents or whatever. Um, but it does, what it does is two things. One, it, it's not like, uh, just spending money stupidly. It's just a matter of you know, where can my money be used best? So I can use it like I could like basically pay. It's not like a free electric bill. It's just kind of like, I just never have to worry about my electric bill. So, you know, there are some months like in December, a couple of years ago where it was like, I don't know, 80 degrees in December. And I had a spike and I, I was kind of pissed off as I'm like, why is the bill this much? And blah, blah, blah. now I just don't worry about it. Um, so, Yeah. Anyway, um, there are things you can do. There are simple things you can do to cut your expenses, to understand where you're like you're going to have overages and unders, and and not stress about money. Uh, and it's it's so it's like great for your relationship. It's great for your relationship. It's great for your relationship. But how does it affect um, your relationship? 
it's great for your relationship. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I mean, you ever think about this way, like Christmas shopping, right? Christmas happens every year. Every damn year. And I keep hoping one of these years year. it's not going to, it's it's like leap year, we get to skip it, you know? But Yeah. And you're going to buy presents every year, right? Just save the money throughout the year. Yeah. There's a couple of months where, whether it's birthdays or, or like niece for nieces and nephews and stuff like that, where like I've just planned to know I'm going to spend an extra whatever it may be, and that's a good feeling where it, you're not stressed about those things yeah. and you just kind of like put the pennies away every month. Um, and as How I develop, are that, you spending that, on your nieces and nephews when you're only putting pennies away every month? I'm spinning nickels. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a fresh shiny nickel for you, niece and nephew. Like, <laughs> but but you don't you don't like freak out about it, and that's what I think that a lot of uh, you know a lot more people need to think about. And how do you, you know, we I I I do believe that we can get the middle class back. I just think we need to change some behaviors. Yeah. That, that's what I really don't believe. apologize. Change the behavior. Yep, love it. And I you know I I feel bad for. I don't think the, and do I believe you can afford to live and carry for less than $81,000 a year? Sure. Yeah, you can. But should you have a family in tow while doing that? I don't know if that's the best idea. It'd be harder for sure. You know, um, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things like, can you make it work on less money? Yes. But do you feel super good and comfortable while doing it? No. You know, it's right. the same thing where you can make pl- tons of money, but if you're not managing your finances correctly, you still you're don't feel good time. about where you are. You're still yeah. living paycheck to paycheck, and that's not that's ultimately not the situation you want to be in. Like I that's I hated normal. No, it's, uh, but <laughs> but the feeling that like you're coming down to the last few dollars, you know, and you're like shit, payday's 5 days away. You know, and you're like, I got to put gas in my car and like we're kind of running out of food. Like that's not a good feeling, right? Like you talk about it yeah. being good, but good for your relationship to be more, you know, financially solvent or, you know, stable, I guess is the real word I'm looking for there. And I, I think that just for your own mental health, like it can be it can become very nerve wracking, especially if you have a family that you're trying to support yeah. on that as well. And so. I mean, one of the best times in my life was when I finally had a little cushion, you know, and it was like, all right, I don't have to worry about whether or not I need to move some money around to this account to cover that. You know, it's like, I know that my bills are going to be paid every month. I know, you know, that I can go get the groceries that we need. I know that I can put gas in my car and I'm not having to use a credit card or something like that to do it, which I know you're like, I swear to God, Chris, if you... And we can talk about that on, on, on the first episode of Andre's Financial Lessons. Don't yeah, stop being broke. get a credit card. <laughs> credit credit cards aren't inherently bad. It's just it's that... It's the way people use them. It's the way people use them. And that's that's what I'm like. I, I'm totally against. It's like groceries, really? Yeah. Like that's, You're going to pay... Eight percent, ten percent, or whatever, whatever you're going to pay on—that's ridiculous. Well, and it's one thing if you're using a credit card, earning points or miles or whatever it is, and then paying off the entire balance at the end of the month so that you don't have 
interest that you're paying, right? I don't, yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, like, I'm anti that game. Like, I think that that's how, I think that is a bait and switch. Because the the more readily available that credit card is, the more apt you are to use it for something that you don't need to use it for. That's true. Here's a case in point. Now, I do have credit cards. I don't use them, like, for, like, frivolous things. I'm not, well, I will say frivolous things, right? So when I went to San Diego, I paid for the whole trip in cash. Yeah. And I was like, man, I spent a little bit more money than I planned on it. But guess what I did that night? I slept okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just like, I just spent a little bit more money than, you know, I wanted to spend money here. And that's okay. But I wasn't freaking out about, oh, I have to pay blah. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think that's a different feeling than using a credit card to pay for, like, things like a vacation, impromptu vacation. Yeah. Right? Um if you can go out and spend, and this is, a, I'll, I'll leave it at this. If you can go out and spend like two to $3,000 and not flinch, isn't that a good day? It's a great day. Right? That's like financial freedom. Not saying you're going to do that every day, but if you can just say, look, well, whatever, you know. Last year we went to uh, Puerto Rico it was it was last year or the year before last. No, it was last. It was sometime. Pretty sure it was last. last year. Yeah, we didn't really plan it. We just did it, and we pay for the whole trip in cash. So now we spent more than like it was like, all right, let's go. Whatever, like buy the tickets and we got the hotel and nothing. Our life was not disrupted, and that's what like. Not that we're out here balling, but it's a matter of like, yeah, but we can sleep at night. I think, I mean, and ultimately, I think that's the goal for most people. I don't even think that it's this like, you know, flexing or, you know, like living the Instagram lifestyle. I think it is more just about like, I'm not going to bed thinking, how am I going to pay for the thing I just bought today? You know, like, how am I going to pay off the grocery bill? How am I going to pay off my credit card? Like, how am I going to make my car payment? at the end of the month. Like, I think that's what most people ultimately really want. And like, that's at least should be your first kind of step. Like you want to go beyond that. All right. Like, cool. You can work towards that, but it can't be like, all right, I started at the bottom and now I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I I personally believe the goal with finances is like, and I I say this like casually, keep the lights on, right? So as long as you can keep the lights on, you can do whatever else you want to do. You fund your dream however you want to fund it. But your first objective with your money should be able to keep the lights on. Um, Pay your electric bill, that's it. Water, trash, cable, internet, don't worry about those. Electricity. That's all you want to <laughs> Just pay. keep the lights on. <laughs> you can't cook the food. You can't cook your ramen. You're screwed. So basically, you want to be um, Motel 6. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave the lights on keep for the you. Light, light, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's what I would I would say. That's why I think that we need to... It. The 81K is an indicator of a problem. The fact that we're saying that the middle class is... Uh, is dying. It's dying. Um, it's an indicator, but can we save it? Sure we can. We just have to do different things. Yeah. And they don't have to be all done at once. Um, but yeah. First one, millennials and Gen Z, keep your job. Yeah. Stop buying Starbucks and avocado toast. Yeah. Oh, you know, just $10 kidding, for a coffee, man. <laughs> but like stop job hopping. 
Like, stop trying to get an extra, like, $3,000 a year. Well, stop That's stop stupid. chasing money. Stop, yep. le- you know, jump job hump, uh, job hopping for money. That yep. is one of the biggest mistakes that you can make. Find something that you really enjoy doing and do that. Like Or is tolerable. Or is tolerable, like, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't have to be your dream job. No. But it's something that you can do and not, like, be stressed out. Keep the lights on. Save your pennies. And then when you find something that you're like, that's that's me, me, then you go try that. Yep. Then you stay there and, and, and you evaluate that. Because as long as you lower your expenses and you realize that you're going to, you're probably going to make more money next year than what you did this year. I, I, there are a number of jobs where that's not true. Well, but, but, but there, I mean, you're right. Like most jobs, at the very least, you're going to make the same amount of money that you made last year, right? Like, how many jobs mm. do you go into where they're like, you know, we're going to have to lower your base salary this year? <laughs> <laughs> Right? I mean, like, I think that's not true in most cases. I mean, that's, right. that's honestly never happened to me. Maybe that's just my privilege showing again. But but most jobs, either, if you don't get a raise, you'll get a bonus. Yeah. Right? Don't flow through the bonus. Or you'll get an iPad mini. Who knows? Or, or something. Something's <laughs> going to come your way. You'll get, you a, sell that you'll get an Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, that's a good idea. I think we should definitely do it. Um, I... I I think it's an important topic, you know. Um, yeah, I'm not a f- financial guru like there, and there are a lot of them out there. I think a lot of the stuff they talk about is not very practical. It's not relevant pra- to most people, and that's yeah. where I think like we could be different with that. Is I think like we could focus on the things that are actually relevant to people and that could have meaningful change, help them make meaningful changes in their life to achieve the things that they want to achieve. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like the point of this podcast, right, we talk about is to make ourselves better through these conversations and by extension, hopefully help other people be better by listening. Um, and so, I don't know, that's kind of a nice way to, to wrap things up, I guess, on the big yeah. rant. Um, do you want to take us out? Yeah, we're glad you joined us. Uh, Chris has been doing a lot of the lead-ins lately because uh, I've been in this cynical place, but uh, he's done a great job. I bring the energy. <laughs> had an extra cup of we're coffee very, today. <laughs> we're very glad you joined us. Uh, we try to do this every week. Uh, we're not sure when they get published. but And I'm getting know, better. One day we'll, you are getting better. Every day. Every day of my life, it's all I do. I don't give a fuck. You want, a, you want a gold star? No, but I just like, um, you're going to call me out. I'm going to defend myself. All right. <laughs> but <laughs> you can catch us on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, all the places where like you can get a podcast that we're there. We are moving a lot of our audio to fireside.fm. I'll probably get that done over the next week or so. Uh, great platform, great analytics. This is not a commercial, but we're excited about it. You're, if you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the like button, subscribe, and hit the notifications. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to build a fun and helpful and useful community like like he's doing. Um, <laughs> We're going to lift everybody up. A rising tide yeah. raises all boats. <laughs> Except for the ones that were already like sinking. Um, yeah, and they just sink further. If you have any questions or comments or, or something you'd like to, us to talk about, shoot us an email at comments at chrisandandreshow.com. You can always send me comments or anything or whatever's at 
Andre at ChrisAndreShow.com. You can send me anything but dick pics at Chris at ChrisAndreShow.com. I didn't know we got there, but okay. Well, you said anything. Uh, so- I just wanted to clarify. We're- like, <laughs> You want to send a dick pic to us, send it to Andre, apparently. Let's not do that. <laughs> we will not be doing that. We are on the social medias, uh, Facebook at Chris and Andre, and Twitter at Chris. You can look us up Just at Chris and Andre. Just look us up, Chris and Andre Show. You'll find us. We're everywhere. Yeah, we're, we're somewhere. Except TikTok. Yeah, because we're not doing the latest viral dance. Um, as always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you next time. Hey, guys. It's Chris from the Chris and Andre Show here. Just wanted to say thanks for checking out our show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would, subscribe, like, make sure to hit the notification bell so you get alerts when we post new videos, and leave a comment with your favorite part of the most recent episode that you watched. We'll see you on the next one.